Hi everyone and welcome to episode 108 of SAMA, an interview series which invites experts each week to discuss a topic within their area of expertise. This week we're delighted to have Brother Sage to tell us about urine therapy. Brother Sage has been a successful wellness practitioner since 1979. Through the influence and studies of Stanley Burroughs, Victorus, Colvin Skaz, Professor Arnold Erat and Dr. Anne Wigmore. He became a nutritional educator and worked in the wellness nutritional departments of multiple health food stores in Texas, Hawaii, and Colorado. You like the warm places, obviously. He's the best-selling author of Healing Water from Within and Inescapable Quotes from Inescapable Art. So welcome to the show, Brother Sage. It's wonderful to have you with us. Thank you, John. It's a, it's a joy and pleasure to be your guest today. Now, um, we'll dive straight in. No, actually, well, I, I want to know a bit about the history. How on earth did you come to know about urine therapy? Because it is kind of out there. It's out there, and since more and more people are researching and experimenting and discovering it, it's um, amongst uh, quite a few groups around the, the world, it's becoming a commonplace, it's become more normal. But I started in 1994, the book, and the thing that got me over the edge, I'll explain here in just a minute here. The two books, uh, the first one was A Golden Fountain by Cohen van der Kroon out in uh, Netherlands, that was 1994. And he had the most, uh, well, it became my Bible. You name anything about urine therapy, it was in that book. And then Leonard Orr, one of my spiritual teachers and mentors, the guy who started the conscious breathing movement called Rebirthing, he has a book called The Secrets of Youthing. And um, the reason the bells and whistles went off for me is because Leonard Orr is a devotee of Babaji. And many people know Babaji as Shiva. So if you piece it all together, Shiva told his rep to tell me to drink my water. And if Shiva's going to tell me to drink my water, I'm in. So I started right away. <laughs> um, do you, what is, it's a bit of a hurdle. It's, it's like a, um, uh, it's, it's something which is almost like a taboo in a way. It's, it's something you may do as a child, you know, as a, as a, as a, as a toddler, but um, people, Think, well, how can it work? How because people think urine is waste. You've consumed food and liquids, your body's processed it and your body's getting rid of it. So it's like doing it giving a, these toxins which your body has removed and reintroducing them into your body. So how can that be a good thing? Well, what we're doing is we're having a conversation that requires us to look at different paradigms, Paradigm. different understanding mm. of one conversation. Right. If you look at the medical model, what some people call medical myth, theory, or propaganda, mm. they tell you it's one of the major elimination organs. Yes. All right? Yes. They don't explain what it's doing, where it gets its products from, how is it filtering, and if it's filtering out waste, can they show us how that is? But the people like myself who's been researching this and experimenting with it discover that urine is really ultra-filtered blood plasma. It is one of the three components of blood, white cells, red cells, blood plasma, that the liver accesses it 
the golden plasma, which you know that when first responders show up on the scene, what's the first thing they give people is plasma. So this plasma is sent to the kidneys to run through millions of different filtration little units called the nephrons that micronutrient, that make it smaller and smaller and smaller till it becomes bioavailable nutrients, not waste material. So you have to like move your mind from one association and understanding to even be open to the possibility that maybe these guys are right, maybe I'm right. Right. Why is your body trying to excrete nutritional material? Well, what if I told you it was actually making it for you? <laughs> you see, it, it's all perception. And people are thinking that it's trying to be eliminated. Oh, by the way, do you know what the major elimination, or, elimination organs really are? Well, you've got the kidney, you've got the, um, the bowel and the gallbladder. Um, I mean, intestines. Yes. Intestines. We're going to skip the kidney. We're not going to put it in this list. Okay. All right. Intestines and skin and lymph system. Mm. Okay. The kidneys somehow got thrown in with all the other guys, but we're not eliminating waste. It's all being made, designed for you in a perfect proportion exactly when you need it. Now, to, to understand that, you've got to do a little research or hang out with people like myself who've been at it for a while and have results that speak a lot more than logic, evidence, and research. Well, that's the thing. You can't argue with, um, with facts, can you? <laughs> you have a lot of fun sometimes. You, know, you can argue until you're blue in the face, but hey, this is what's actually happening. And, and explain this, please. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, but okay. Um, Second time around, is your urine stronger? Is it, is it darker? Now, a lot of this uh, urine has to do with our diet. Yes. If, you, if you're eating raw vegan, yes. it's going to look, smell, and taste one way. If you're eating all fruit, fruitarian, if you're doing fasting, it all comes out a different way. If you're eating meat and doing drugs, it may have a different taste or a different color. That doesn't mean it's not nutritionally beneficial to you. So as people drink it and then they recycle it, it is what we call looping or drink another glass of it throughout the day. It gets lighter. The, air, the aromatic smell changes. The taste gets sweeter and it becomes more neutral. Interesting. Very interesting. So this, you don't have to take my word for it until you so, try it. So this is, this is um, more aligned with um, what you're arguing with regards to the, um, it's, it's, not a, um, it's not a stream of waste, but a stream of potential nutrients and health-giving nutrients, I guess, and more your skin and other organs are the excretory. So mm -hmm. um, people that are, that, are, um, that are without water through accident, uh, just through uh, emergency, some disaster. Mm -hmm. How long can you survive on your own urine? Are there any um, tales of people that have lived for long time just continuously cycling the urine? What I'm really asking is, is there a limit? To there's no limit. No, there's no limit. There are people who have come public and said they fasted on urine for 30 days and healed an incurable disease. Some people have gone longer. Some people say uh, historically Jesus and Buddha and Gandhi, when Gandhi was in prison for doing his thing with the people out there, he was surviving on his urine. 
Um, so there's really no limit to it when you find, when you wrap your mind around the possibility that what you have is superfood in a liquid form, highly alkaline. It contains trillions of stem cells, which is amazing all to itself. But you could literally never go thirsty or hungry ever as long as you could pee. Interesting. Now, um, obviously, uh, uh, I guess scientists would have looked at it seriously from their viewpoint. Are there any um, scientific uh, studies that support um, your claims of urine therapy? Well, I say claims, I'm not being unkind to you because I'm actually on your side, but stating, stating how urine therapy is good for your health, you just need to um, wrap your mind around it. Are there scientific studies? There are scientific studies, and there's lab results, and there's a zillion testimonials. Uh, it seems that when you, when you go on Wikipedia, and if you uh, type in urine therapy or urology or whatever medical terms they call for drinking your urine, it talks about all the good stuff that is discovered in there. DHEA, melatonin, serotonin, oxytocin all kinds of amino acids, all kinds of nutrients that your body needs, but they don't say that's a waste product. So they're, it, trying to t they're trying to tell us and not tell us. It's interesting because Wikipedia has been quite aggressive in um, removing information which is pro um, taking control over your own health. <clears throat> so that's actually yeah. quite interesting. You've, you've managed to sort of sneak in there, so to speak. Um, well, you've mentioned a few of the um, benefits of... Uh, well, I've edited, I've edited Wikipedia a couple of times. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Go ahead, John. Um, what other benefits are there of urine therapy? You, you told us that you've, had, you've seen some remarkable results. What kind of things can urine therapy be used for? Okay, are we talking about a physical illness, uh, a disease, or... I mean, if you look at it nutritionally, you can see why when somebody has stress, headaches, migraines, fatigue, allergies, inflammation, diabetes, you name it, a nutritionist will tell you what nutrients are needed for that. But you have nutrients that complement each other. They work synergistically as a blend. And so when that gets into your body, all kinds of health conditions are being improved with people. Now, I never claim that it's a panacea and it heals everything mm. because if you're a student of metaphysics, you understand the mind of the client is what does the healing when they shift their perception to wholeness once again. But um, it's going to require responsibility and motivation on the part of someone who's doing the urine therapy protocols to change their diet their lifestyle, their attitude, their spiritual practices, to keep all parts of health intact. So it's just one of the heavy hitters that I would recommend to all my clients. Okay. When we go to the serious diseases, the cancers, even AIDS, autoimmune conditions, how can urine therapy help with the serious problems, really serious problems like that? Is it well, I've been working... Sorry? I've, been, I've been working with clients who have multiple sclerosis and clients that have stage two cancer and they've been improving, but they're, they're, they're working with what I call and what I teach is saturation doses, which means you're not just drinking, but you're using the 14 protocols that include 
eye rinsing, ear rinsing, nasal nasal cleaning, gargling, squishing, foot soaks, body rubs, enemas. There's all kinds of ways to get in your bloodstream and you want to be able to uh, tackle all those um, invaders and parasites and cancerous things in the body as soon as you can instead of waiting and waiting and waiting. Uh, but yeah, people are reversing everything right now. So you're saying that urine therapy can remove parasites in your body as well, even microorganisms. Yeah, particularly if you include enemas. What do you use for the MNA? Or do you, you're not using something like coffee, you're using your own urine? Yeah, I, w- I would never recommend coffee. Um, um, I'm using either straight urine or mixed with distilled water. Amazing. I've never actually heard of that. Actually, amazing. Why would you not recommend coffee? It's in the book. <laughs> uh, I don't recommend it. Book a few times during the course of this interview, I'm sure. Thank you so much. Uh, if you look at the chemistry and composition of anything, you'll see why things are so detrimental to the body. You've got a drink that's highly acidic, that's going to cause all kinds of imbalances of the body. Why would you want to not only put it in your bum, but put it in your body and in your bloodstream? So I say everybody gets to choose what they do for their health and their their protocols, um, but I don't recommend it for my clients. Well, not many people do actually take the step in taking their their own making their own choice they go and pay for someone else a very expensive person dressed in white to make those decisions for them and that's one of the strong appeals i guess of urine therapy because you can do it and you don't have to tell anyone about it it's it's a decision you have made and you can do and uh the second appeal of course is it's free isn't it? That is, is zero cost. You are, you manufacture your own. So yeah, it's the best medicine. No money can buy <laughs> the best medicine. No money can buy. Um, so urine, let's go through, um, the, the ways that urine therapy can help. Now you've touched the nutritional side. It's basically got all, it's got the blood cells. Uh, it's got plasma, micronutrients, stem cells, all of this being ingested by a body and assimilated, is, is that the main uh, way that urine therapy um, restores your health? You're talking about the introduction of nutrients? Yes. Well, one of the things that it's noted for is that it's high in anti-cancerous properties, antiseptic, antibacterial, antifungal, anti-candida, anti-tumor. It's, it's, it goes against everything that's an attack or an invasion to the body. So you've got that going for you as well as getting nutrients into the system. Right, right. I mean, it's working in all kinds of different directions. I'm wondering how strong it is for example, anti-candida because quite often thrush, uh, a woman may get thrush, which is a urinary tract uh, yeast infection, candida. Mm-hmm. Urine passes over it, over mm-hmm. the area, and it doesn't seem to resolve that issue. Well, so, <clears throat> I, I would have to... Sorry? I, I work case by case. I consult clients around the world, and yes. when we get into the subject of healing themselves... I start probing and asking, what's your diet like? What's your lifestyle? Do you do any health protocols? 
to get further into understanding them and their lifestyle yes. and see what kind of corrections need to be made. Okay. So it's no one simple answer. It's like an overall picture that you must take off the situation and then decide from there. Yeah. It's not like take four cups of urine and call me in the morning. No, we need, we need deeper conversations. Okay. Okay. I remember a few years back, um, Madonna, the singer, she made a statement how she peed on her, she peed in the shower. Mm -hmm. And at that point in time, it caused an uproar, absolute uproar. Mm -hmm. And then she explained, well, it's good for the skin on your toes. It stops you giving athletes faint. Yeah, a foot fungus. Yeah, a foot fungus. Would, you know, and candy is another type of fungus. So I'm sure it's got um, antifungal properties. But I, even at that time, it caused that uproar. Like, what's the big deal? Really, even back then, I was thinking, well, it's not really that amazing, but you know, okay, she's a celebrity. But, but here's a step further of actually ingesting it and, and uh, getting the antifungal uh, benefits internally. Now, of course, when you ingest it, it's got to go past the stomach, and the stomach's highly acidic. Now, if the uh, urine is alkaline, is there um, any interaction? Does the urine change? <laughs> The plasma, I guess, would be destroyed when it, uh, when it goes into the, um, the uh, stomach environment. So what, what chance would, it, would the uh, stem cells have of surviving the gut? Well, you've got trillions of stem cells. Yes. It's kind of like trillions of sperm. The odds are in your favor. They're going to get <laughs> in there. You know, there's going to be enough that's going to get in there. Now, since it's such an alkaline water, and uh, it is still water, as a matter of fact, it's not going to upset the balance of the stomach and the stomach acid. And actually, you know, digestion starts in the saliva in the mouth. So it's like pre-digested before it even gets down there. That's true. Um, now, one of the questions that has come through is, um, does urine therapy improve eyesight? Yes, it improves eyesight. And uh, the best way to do that is either using eye cups and eye washes. So if you've got floaters, cataracts, uh, eye conditions, uh, or you wear glasses, who knew? Uh, and it's, I would also include drinking it and foot soaks. Now, I encourage a lot of my clients and new people to, to start using foot soaks, particularly people still have an aversion to drinking it, but they're willing to stand in it. Go figure. So I have them collect two or more quarts of it and spend 30 minutes in one of those Tupperware two-gallon tubs and just get a book, put on some music. You're going to be there a while. And all those, do you remember essential oils, how people use essential oils? Sure, sure. We, I use them still. They're, they're great. Yeah. Okay. The theory is you put them on the feet. Why? Because it's the widest pores of the surface of the skin. So you got massive and major absorption going on in the feet. I do a lot of foot massage and reflexology in my, in my career. So I'm touching feet all the time. So I'm telling people, use essential oils, do foot, foot soaks. And because the feet are that important, we often ignore our feet, but uh, people who get around me start going barefoot more and taking care of their feet. If, are there any um, instances where you would not recommend someone to ingest the urine? No, but the people who are really sick are afraid of having a detox, we'll start them off with teaspoons or we'll start them off with dropperfuls, like homeopathic. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. 
um, if someone has got a serious condition, is there any chance of um, just throwing it out there, Brother Sage, um, any any poisons going uh, entering into the urine, or if they're a heavy drinker, because the urine urine is where the the alcohol gets thrown out of the body, most of it. So wouldn't they be then re ingesting the the alcohol? Well, it's a great question, John. I've never heard anybody having um, um, secondhand recycled drug effect or oh, okay. uh, or got you know got drunk again because they drank their urine. Yes, I've never heard of that. And some people look at their urine and say, "But it's." darkish color and I don't know it smells it looks bad I say you drink it no matter what it looks like you might have to you know change your thinking a whole lot but even if you start off small and eventually after you get accustomed to the taste you start seeing the color change you start changing your ways I mean it, it there's a progression that takes place because people have to adjust I forgot to ask you when you're talking about the foot bath is it warm urine that you put your feet in or just this room temperature it's whatever temperature the urine is if you're using fresh urine but it takes a while to collect it, it usually takes mm -hmm. me a day yeah. and then some people use aged urine but uh a little, a little shot won't hurt you it's going to be whatever temperature it's sitting in if you do want to heat it up it'll be more homeopathic it won't be as as concentrated I guess if you do get it too warm, it may start killing some of the, or destroy, or damaging some of the things that you want, don't want to uh, have damaged entering your body. No. No. It doesn't do that. All it does is thin it out. Oh, interesting. Interesting. And when you drink it, do you drink it, you know, room temperature again, or do you chill it? Do you keep it in the fridge? Uh, let me drink some right now. Good year, fresh. <laughs> it's an hour old. An hour old, so it's a, it's a uh, June, 27 June, yeah, 2009. It's in the <laughs> perfect timing. Um, there is a group of uh, urine therapy advocates and enthusiasts that meet every year in Las Vegas. Yes. Uh, it's called the Water of Life Symposium. I went to the one last year. It's in September. And we had 80 pee drinkers in a room together. And uh, the love in the room, the connection in the room, the empathy and the respect of each other uh, was immeasurable. Because if you, if you get with people who don't have any filters or, or agendas or any judgments on you, it's a whole other world. So it's amazing the kind of support you get. I think if more people overcome the stigma that's the word I was looking for, of um, drinking their own urine. If they're stuck in the wilderness, they wouldn't, would they live? You talked about a person that had a 30-day fast. Was that a food fast as well as a water fast? No, was, that was all urine. Wow, because if you can live 30 days on your own urine, then you probably have fewer people dying uh, from starvation, from you know, lack of food. There, there is, there is a common denominator that kills people more than whether they get the sh the urine or the shivambu is what a lot of people call it. There is a. Let's see how what the word I'm looking for. The thing that kills people more than disease 
is it a sadness of the soul or an unconscious death urge? So if people are doing urine therapy, or doing homeopathy, doing acupuncture, doing colonics, doing nutrition, and they're still miserable, that's going to speed that cycle up. So people have to find their value and appreciation of themselves, and that will drive them to do whatever it takes to make the change to heal themselves. There's a way of being, which is a factor that I always discuss with my clients. If they really want to make the change, they'll make the change. If you're stuck in the wilderness without any food, without any water, you've got a positive attitude, you want to live, you want to go back to your family, and, you're, and you drink your own urine, how long would you likely last for? What's There's no limit how long you can last. There are mortals on this planet. There are breatharians on this planet that food is, is irrelevant to them. So a lot of it has to do with your way of being and your state of mind. We have to, we have to let go of all of the restraints uh, that keep us locked in a way of thinking, locked in a way of living, locked in a way of succeeding in life uh, to, in order to shift anything. And so this is a game changer for people. This is why I'm excited. It's a movement that's spreading all over the world as fast as we can take the message. One of the questions that have come through is regarding HIV. Have you had any experience with someone that's got HIV? And what sort of results did you, if so, what sort of results did you see when they did urine therapy? Um, I've not had any, I've not had any, personally, I've not had any clients with HIV. Um, but if the, if the viewer will go to any of the urine therapy Facebook groups and post that comment, they'll get a response rather quickly from people who either have gone through it or know someone who's gone through it. Okay. Now, HIV, that's a blood, predominantly a blood-borne pathogen. So if, you're, if, you, if urine is basically your, your blood with plasma and the uh, red white cells and, and uh, stem mm -hmm. cells, will that be coming through your urine? From my understanding, my research, no. Okay. It's going to be taken through the liver, the intestines. The it'll go through every organ of elimination. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, now, how do you do urine therapy? Now we're into the nuts and bolts thing. Um, you go to the little little room, and you just take a container and you top it up. Is that how it works? Is it if you have a container, you use a container. If you don't have a container, here's your container. Okay. Your hand, your hand will hold an ounce. If you're out and about and you can't get to any place where you have a container, you collect it and get it in your mouth or any way you can. Ladies have figured out how they collect it. Guys have a faucet. It's a no-brainer. Next question. Is it harder for a woman to collect it in the container? Is there a special container that, you, that they would... Is, I mean, if, you don't, if you're indoors, right, you don't have a mess as you're... Is your collecting so it's it's a great question from a man to a man <laughs> but um, they have these devices they sell on Amazon and eBay that looks like a funnel and the opening at the top goes right over the vagina so when they go to urinate mm -hmm. they just direct it into a cup or a, a bottle and collect it that way right I think it's called a shiwi she would good name for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, in your circle of family, is it just yourself that does urine therapy or have, have other, you know, other members of your family sort of seen the results and seen you in, in great vitality and they've decided to do it as well? Well, uh, all my family has passed away, including my wife. I've got one living brother out in Texas. <clears throat> and I've been preaching nutrition all these decades. Yes. And they all died of the American diseases, heart attacks, strokes, tumors, diabetes, uh, because they all stuck with the American diet. Right. They were programmed to thinking that's how you're supposed to do it. Well, it's hard to get away from it, isn't it? I mean, it's easy if not in America, but other countries are just as bad where the oils they use, the foods they use, the way they process and package the foods and what they add into the foods to make them last a long time, to make them taste nice and sweet. It, it's, um, it really is a crime. Now, if you are um, living the American dream and yes. you drink, and so you, don't, you haven't stopped these amazing food packages that you can buy, for, you know, which last a couple of months on the shelf, um, gosh, easily, easily, easily. <laughs> Will urine therapy tend to negate much of that? Will it, would it negate those foods? Is that what you're saying? Would it negate the effects of these foods? Uh, short term, yes. Long term, no, because you're working against yourself. Okay. Okay. It'd be better off if they stopped eating man-made foods and move closer to plants. Nature does an awesome job with vegetables and fruit. What sort of food would you recommend people drink? Uh, drink? <laughs> I've got drinking on the mind now. What sort of foods would you recommend people eat in conjunction with urine therapy? Is there like a, a, a framework of foods, raw foods, you know, purely vegetarian, or do you like to mix the meats as well? What are your recommendations? Well, I would say there are steps to take toward a pure diet. <clears throat> the ultimate would be fruit, would be fruitarian. And then before that would be raw foodist. And before that, a vegan. And then before that, a vegetarian. And if you have to do meat, fish, and dairy, as minimal as you can. Okay. But you see, it seems that the people who are doing urine therapy had an inner knowing and a calling to it. When people became vegans and raw foodists, like I did in the mid-70s, it wasn't a thinking process. It just, I was introduced to a community. Everyone was doing raw foods and it struck a chord and I knew I was home. And it was the thing that changed my life. So people are moved toward these dietary changes. It's got to be something internal or people won't make the shift. It's got to be something there. And it's got quite a movement too. There's a lot of people doing urine therapy now. I guess when you first started, perhaps not so many. But um, people have got ears and they've got something between them. And uh, oh, When I started in 1994, there wasn't really a support group. There wasn't people no. you could talk to. Uh, the people who I knew closely that were involved with it lived in other states and lived in other countries. And so I didn't have a support structure. And my wife was wondering why my store urine under the sink. <laughs> So I, I kind of kept it hush-hush until she passed away. And then in uh, 2017, I discovered all these Facebook groups. And the support was incredible. The, the understanding, the love, the nurturing, and the place that people could 
be open and honest and discuss things that they've kept in silent. Yeah. It was allowing people to come out of the water closet, as we say, so they could feel safe and relaxed in the presence of people who feel like they're family. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. But as if, I had a, a thought, you know, when you're talking about hiding things under the kitchen, I wonder if you can really, the, 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 the one place you can, if you, if you go to someone's home, you want to know what sort of person they are, look under the kitchen sink and see what they've got. They might get a fright. And I was, it's funny because I was, yeah. thinking, I was just thought about what's under my, under my kitchen sink. And I've got a kefir plant bubbling away. And I, I care for it. I talk to it as I, as, I, um, as I give it fresh nutrients and refresh the water. Maybe this is a way to really find out the, the, the core, of, core of a family is look at the kitchen, under the kitchen sink. <laughs> yeah, or look in their refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. You'll find out about people by what they're eating or what they're hiding or what they eat late at night. And they say, oh, well, it's okay. I, you know, I deserve it. But anyway, go ahead, John. Yeah, now this is, you've, got, you've got to have a few outs though. Like I've, I've started baking my own bread and, you, and it was what, 10 o'clock at night when I had my avocado and toast, but it's got walnuts and all the rest of it in the, in the bread. You've got to have an out. You know, I know it's the wrong time to eat and my, I'm, I'm killing something in my body, but <laughs> you've got to do something, right? So you, you, can do it, you can do it if there's love and there's the absence of guilt. That's the thing that trips people up. Interesting. No, I didn't feel any twang of guilt whatsoever. In fact, I felt, I, was, I've, I felt a glorious, I felt euphorious. Is that, euphoric? that's a word, isn't it? Euphorious? Euphoric. Euphoric. That's how I felt as I was consuming this bread. <laughs> and I didn't share it. And I, and I <laughs> loved every bite, right? <laughs> you loved every bite. <laughs> it was great. And so really, um, People that are doing this urine therapy, they are very much self-aware. And so they're seeking answers. For someone to start doing urine therapy, they've got to do the research because the information is not, it's not, um, it's not everywhere. And so you've got to hunt it down, get into these groups, and then find information. I think maybe that's why um, a lot of people that do start this urine therapy do see a big change because they've got the emotional state of healing. They're ready for healing. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're open to it. And what you notice is that there's two ways for people to make that jump, to make that leap. One is they do their research. Yes. And it's an intellectual process. Yes. Right? So they do the research, they read the books, they go online. Right. But it's really what's been making this movement grow so fast is the organic grassroots version where someone like myself who's been at it, who have all-time confidence and faith in its ability to heal themselves, has a conversation with someone who's sitting on the fence. I've had friends of mine, oh my God, Lisa Joy out there in Puerto Rico. She totally trusts me. And I've had people do their maiden voyage in front of me on a camera, in person or on a camera. She went to the bathroom, came back, collected her pee and drank it from in front of me because she had such faith in me. And so there's something that's transferred from human contact and human interaction that you don't get in a book. Right, right. Well, this isn't urine, this is water. And um, yeah. <laughs> but it is, it is a um, paradigm shift, isn't it? It's a paradigm big shift. Big time. Oh, big time. 
always when people make a big decision, they should think, is it going to cause me harm? Mm -hmm. Has there been any instance of harm from someone drinking their own urine? No, it's mostly mental. Okay. So if there's no harm with drinking your own urine, mm-hmm. it really is a no-brainer. People really have got to have a hang-up over the fact that it is the urine and all the taboos that they've had installed into them by their parents, teachers, and friends. Or friend, as the case may be, in my case. <laughs> so, so, John, can I go back 5,000 years where this all started? Yes, please. Yes, please. One day, Pavarti, who was the wife of Shiva, the almighty Lord of the universe, asked him, how come you don't get older? How come you're staying so healthy and youthful and sexy and healthy? And so she outed him and he came out and said, drink of yourself and you will live. She started drinking her water. And what ends up happening is they have these scriptures known as the Damar Tantra that was written about not only how this all happened, but Shiva lays out a nine-year program, not only how to heal everything, what to drink, how often, what kind of containers to use. They didn't have plastic back then, so they said brass and copper and gold. Sure. But how to achieve immortality in nine years. So that was over 5,000 years ago. That was, um, which culture was this? Was this Indian culture? Indian, Hindu. Okay. By immortal, you mean that she doesn't die? Correct. She's with us now? Yes. Now, you have to understand the word urine yes. is not very old. It was, came about like the 1800s, where they actually brought that into the medical use and into our vocabulary. Yes. If you go around the world where urine therapy is being practiced right now in China and UK and mm-hmm. India... In Israel, in Australia, et cetera, et cetera, they call it the water of auspiciousness, the water of life. Zito is the word in um, Nigeria. Uh, Amarita, Amaroli, every country seems to have a different name for it. So urine is more like an Americanized word. It hasn't been in use, but more than a couple hundred years. Do you think it was done intentionally so that it could be painted as a... a, um... Yeah, how can I how can I find the words? It's putting so they can create the stigma of of drinking your own urine, giving it that. Yeah. Um, well, it's kind of like the same way they came up with the word marijuana to keep yeah. people away from the cannabis plant, even though a lot of people are getting healed from it. Uh, it's whatever picture they want to portray out into the world, they sell it on us. They spin the propaganda, and people who don't research it or question it agree with it. Right, right. I see a question has come up. I'll just uh, quickly view it. Now, this is a question from Samuel Ibanya. Um, he says he came across urine therapy in the 90s, and he's been drinking it from time to time. Um, now, he's asking, um, is drinking urine not contraindicated when taking pharmaceutical products? Is there, um, if you're taking drugs, pharmaceutical drugs can you still drink your own urine yeah you can now these aren't my clients so i can't tell them to go cold turkey and get off the medication i would if i could so what i have clients do 
is do the urine four hours on either side of the medication. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. It's logical. It's easy. <laughs> Not to keep it that way. Do you need to drink extra water when you're doing urine therapy or just drink normal amounts of water? Yeah, I would say normal amounts of water. Get as close to distilled water as you can. That's been, it's still considered the best source of water on the planet. Yes. You'll, you'll find your water consumption level. Most people find what it takes to hydrate. If they're doing the water therapy idea that's been around for years, they tell you to drink an ounce for every uh, half pound of body weight. So the average person will drink three-fourths of a gallon. That's a lot. That's quite a bit. Mm. Yes and no. If you drink a lot, eat a lot of fruits and vegetables, you're getting high water content. True. That's true. That's true. Okay. This is a uh, mortality thing. Yeah, John. Um, what held 5,000 years ago would hold true now. So if you're drinking your own urine, a lot of it, do you live a longer life? Yes and no. You'll live a longer life if your life is filled more with joy and serving other people and not getting stuck in suffering and survival and struggle. You have to do the work on yourself. It's not an easy ride. Right. Because immortality is like um, never dying, right? So five, there's a, you said before there's a person alive now that was alive 5,000 years ago. That's quite a... Talking about physical mortality. Now, if we get into this sub, if we get on the subject, it's going to get a lot more interest from the, the viewers out there. There are people that are over nine and ten thousand years walking on this planet. There are people who are three hundred years old, two thousand years old, but you would never think about them or look for them if immortality was not in the conversation. Okay, and they look like everybody else. Maybe. They look like everybody else, but they operate in an octave or vibration. Uh, which is a lot more liberated and open than ours. And my teacher, Leonard Orr, got me activated into being physically immortal in, the 19, in 1980 when he ends up going to Babaji and discovered that there are people over 300 years old, and that was his standard for proving that you were immortal. He met eight of them. And since that time, thanks to social media, Probably 100,000 immortals are coming out more public than ever before. If you ever want to go into that conversation, uh, we can introduce you to all kinds of experts on the subject. Well, it would be interesting to talk to someone that's very, very old. Um, I've seen some videos on YouTube, and sometimes it's, it's easy to question the authenticity. Mm -hmm. it's, it's yeah, like, well, yeah. one thing I would say is that you're already physically immortal until you prove it otherwise. And the only way to know that I'm going to live forever, that I'm physically immortal, is you've got to stick around a couple hundred years and have that conversation again. Mm, well, that's true. But you can see physical decline. You don't have to wait until you actually um, push, start pushing up daisies. You can see um, things like wrinkles in your face, your hair going gray, or not your, our hair going gray, and, and other signs of, um, of aging. Is it, is it telomeres become shorter and shorter? That is a transitional thing, aging. It, it, it is, it is, if you buy into the idea that you're supposed to age and get sick and die. It's another belief system. It's another concept. 
Now, when people look at me, I do a lot of Facebook and I do a lot of uh, YouTubes. They look at me and some days I have marks, I have wrinkles, my hair is this. Okay, yes, you're saying about uh, physical decline and how... Um... Yeah. You see, if, if you're a body worker, if you're a, a healing facilitator, by the way, I, I never call myself or tell anybody to call themselves a healer because it's the mind of the client that does the healing. And you take away their responsibility to call yourself a healer, which is a trick of the ego. So I'd be really careful about that. But if you have a lot of clients like I do, sometimes you store their emotional energy pollution and you might appear to look sick are aging at one moment. Then I end up doing fasting and enemas, and do my spiritual practices with fire and air and earth and so forth, and I get 10 years back. And it happens all the time. So it's a matter of knowing how to manage your energy as well as your diet and your attitude in your mind. Right, wow. Okay, well, um, are there any other questions that people would like to ask Brother Sage? I'm trying to think what other things I'd like to know about urine therapy. I guess you can't use, you can't take urine to boiling because that would certainly destroy the structure, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, yeah, and some people do that. Um, I don't recommend it. Um, there's a couple of different schools of thought about which urine to use, whether you should use the fresh urine, the beginning of the stream, the midstream, the end of the stream, or aged urine. Okay. Okay, and there are people who are going in both directions. Which should you use? Well, if you if you understand that it has over three thousand substances, components, substrates, ingredients in it, that is what the magic sauce and the magic power of, of urine is. And so, whether you you take it apart or age it in four days, nine months, there's some people who have twenty year old urine around because they believe it's got more potent. So use what you got. To get results that's a simple answer the summer channel is viewed by a lot of people that have got illnesses it's why they've joined the facebook group speaking to life for life and other channels other people as well view it from other channels what advice would you give to somebody who's watching this video think he's thinking gosh you know drinking your own urine ugh, the taste the smell what is your advice to get people to start down this path of healing through urine therapy? Well, I'd love to just do a, a flat answer and say, trust me, but that doesn't always work in people's <laughs> minds. Not always. Yeah. I mean, I'm out in the public a lot, and I started local meetup groups at a library that caught the eye of the Nine News uh, journalists that put us on the spotlight around the country. And when new people come up to me and say, well, it's a disgusting waste product, I said, well, where did you get that idea from? I'm going to ask them, did you make this up? Did you read about it? How do you know about this? At some point in the conversation, you can hear a light go on and people start to get interested, even though they still have resistance or negative association. And that's a turning point for people. The more I have conversations, the more they go, well, maybe there's something to it. This guy's 65 years old. He looks great. I have people tell me I look like I'm in my 40s. And I just tell them, stop there. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> right. But uh, when people are ready to make a change, nothing will stop them. Okay. And this usually comes just at the right time in people's lives. I guess if you, yes, that's right. That's right. When they, when they're running out of choices is quite often the reason why they turn to other, other ways of trying to get better. 
Yeah. It can be through desperation. If you are desperate for being healed, you've got no, nothing left in your pockets or urine's free and you don't have to tell anyone about it. You can just do it, do it in the privacy of your own, in your own home. And you've got nothing to lose. If there's no health risks, yeah, no health risks and uh, zero harm and uh, quite, quite possibly a very high gain. Are the things that you can do to um, make the urine not taste so... Urine-ish? Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't taste like pee. Some people mix it with juice. Okay. Some people dilute it with water. Some people uh, take less. Okay. Uh, I'd say use your imagination. I wouldn't mix melon juice with it. Watermelon, just that's got to stay with water, with melons, because of the chemistry and the composition. So think of a juice that's neutral, like apple, orange, pear, something that's easy to digest. Now, I would have thought that orange was anything but neutral. It's quite acidic, whereas watermelon is... Um, or other melons, high fructose levels, but mostly water. So that's quite a, quite an interesting point that you're making there. Well, if you do a little homework, you'll find out when you have citrus, it converts to alkaline. Like for example, lemons. Lemon oh, juice yeah. has been been taught and used for centuries. It's it's the same with the orange, the same with the grape. It's going to switch to an alkaline base. Yes. This is a chemical composition, a chemical change that takes place in the body. Yes. But you mix it with the urine before it's entered your body. So I would have thought the acid would have uh, changed the composition of the urine rather than being a passive uh, flavonoid. It's a great question. And I would uh, give a disclaimer, though I haven't done it yet. I'm not a trained doctor or pharmacist or um, Physicist, so I don't really know the deep intricacies of chemistry. Pretty much the same. <laughs> just yeah, thank it, you. Just, just putting it, yeah, just putting it out there. Well, thank you so much for your time, Brother Sage. Now, um, you've shown the um, books at the very beginning. Maybe some people just tuned in late. So, if you just want to show the two books that you've written, please. Okay. Uh, one is Healing Water from Within. And that takes that walks people through the process of doing urine therapy, and um, the, some of the science behind um, behind the treatment as well. Well, the reason I wrote my book, wrote this book, is because all the books on the subject of urine therapy up till 1972, most of them are written in the 20s out of India. And then in 1944, the Water of Life book by John Armstrong came out of England. But most of those books were. Uh, technical, yes. scientific, research, testimonials, ingredients. Well, I want to include the human element so people could not only understand what it is, but to have an intellectual conversation. Good, good. Oh, we've frozen. Book, which a lot of people are using to have a more intellectual conversation with people. And I also spruce it up with jokes throughout the book so we can have a lighter oh you didn't do the p jokes did you you did the p jokes I, I started a whole new language called the piscabulary of urinisms and it's a chapter that people who drink pee would throw out puns and jokes on facebook and in conversation so it gave people some more material to work with <laughs> and your second book please brother sage 
my second book is located right here. Very good. Sorry for getting off camera. These are inescapable quotes with inescapable art that came through me over the years. And so they're all in the book. And there are some blank spaces in between pages so that if people want to journal write, see these blank spaces? Yes. That's where people are drawing pictures in journal writing. Okay. I would like to recommend that people who buy this book, if you want a signed copy, you get it directly from me if you're in the United States. But it makes a great conversation starter. Leave it on your coffee table. See what <laughs> conversations come up. You'll find that a lot, so many people have got closed minds. Absolutely closed minds. You've got to feel sorry for them. Um, yeah, they're, they're in their own prison. They made their own prison. They're in it. And they actually usually think that they're happy. They think they're free. It's amazing. Yes. Well, and, you, can, you can help them out by being joyous and understanding with these people. And leaving books on coffee tables. And you've got a website. You've got a website as well, dear Brother Sage, where people can contact you directly, perhaps. Yes, at brothersage.com, you'll see everything I've been doing for 40 years and everything I'm going to be doing for the next 200 years. So you get to see projects, <laughs> services, videos, uh, interviews. And this will be, when we're done here, I'll post it as well. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, thank you once again for coming on our show. It's been terrific having you with us. Very, very interesting topic as well. I love these topics, which um, they're curveballs, aren't they? It's when I learned of what, what it was and what we're going to be talking about. I thought, oh, that's going to be really interesting. It was. It was great. So thank you once again, Brother Sage. Thank you, John. And thank you it's... for watching. Yeah. All right, everybody, keep it together. Love yourself. You've got an awesome journey going on right now. That's right. That's right. And give it a go. There's no reason why you can't give urine therapy. It's so simple, I guess, isn't it? Just, just take a cup and try it. And then you can learn about it more later by getting those books that Brother Sage is showing. Well, yes, and I'm also available for consultations. You guys can reach me through the website. Great, great. Okay, well, you take care, Brother Sage. Have a fantastic evening. Thank you, John. It was a pleasure to be your guest today. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.